2: I can hear your voice, I can almost touch you Sweet, sweet silly woman Uncle oh, well, Bam, join me, we got a feel for singing
1: Backs on that one. Seriously, wow.
0: now we, we've played some eclectic one-hit wonder shit in the past here, but Seriously. we took it to a new level with this one.
1: Sweet sweet City Woman, right? Yes, yeah. Sweet
0: City Woman by the Stampeders.
1: And now you know why they were a one-hit wonder. Pretty
0: much, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, circa 1971, that song actually did go as high as number eight on the U.S. Billboard 100. All
1: right. They did some damage. Right? All and right. You'll hear it That's on,
0: on and stores and stuff. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Wow. No, that was fun. I enjoyed that. I really did. And it was fun finding out who sang it, because initially, <laughs> just so the audience knows, I was wrong about something today. It uh, uh, doesn't happen often, but it happened. No, no. Mark I calendar. thought that was ELO. And they even have a song called... Uh, what was it, sweet, one word was, was different.
1: Yeah, sweet something S- woman. Sweet loving woman. Sweet I loving, yeah, yeah. So I was
0: like, no, no, this is it. And you're like, not a chance in hell, John. <laughs> and then I mocked you when I Googled it, and ELO came up, and you're like, I still don't believe it, John. And then we played it, and no, it was not.
1: Completely different song. ELO. Though I, I will say, I think ELO could have done a nice version of Sweet oh, City sure Woman. Are. I think they, they could. were have.
0: the master of acoustics and weird instruments. Yeah,
1: man, they could have jacked that up. Because it's like banjo in it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, most else could do a mean version of that? Marshall Tucker Band. Yeah, yeah. They could have made that legit.
1: Yeah, they could have lit it up. They but what really do I could. know? i yeah, You know, it's a fantasy. It's a thought.
0: <laughs> I'm just another talking but,
1: head. Uh, but yeah, interesting, interesting flashback to the early '70s. I, I have vague, vague memories of that. Exactly. That period. You know, that was right around the time my brain started recording things. Yep, yep. And, uh, and yeah, I remember that on the radio. I do.
0: Well, I tell you what, there's our, our quick entry, folks. Yes. But we would be remiss if we didn't say, hey, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And welcome to another episode of Riffs and Rants.
1: And I got to give credit where credit is due. This is predominantly a Johnny episode. I, uh, I came in you know, fighting off a little hangover. I don't know. Pretty, I haven't pretty noticed. Much, pretty much devoid of ideas. Huh. And uh, and John ran with this one, including including pulling up Sweet City Woman. I got to say, that was an impressive call. I well, liked it.
0: Thank you, my friend. But yeah. I think it's the exact opposite. Mm. As I sit here, a little under the weather, yeah. stone sober,
1: which is which is odd. <laughs> it's 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 kind of painful to watch, quite honestly. Yeah, some days you know, are I'm, just not for drinking. I'm, I'm I'm doing the hair of the dog thing, man. I'm chasing this away with more. You're pulling and, it uh, off, and uh, and you're hanging back. That's that's
0: right. It's a weird dynamic. We'll see yeah, if we can make it work. And certainly, indeed. we got some fun stuff to talk yeah, about. Today. We do indeed.
1: We do indeed. And and uh, I've been actually very very much looking forward to this
0: because um, this is about your people.
1: A little bit of yeah, a little bit of politics. A little little bit of the Democratic Party thing going on here. Um, very curious. Very curious to know what your opinion is of Kamala Harris. You know, And I got to admit, you know, coming out of the gate when uh, when Joe announced he was going to nominate a, or he was going to name a woman, I should say, as his VP choice, I kind of cringed, you know, because yeah. unlike a lot of my uh, my peers on the left, I'm not in identity politics, mm-hmm. not at all. And it, it kind of, it was like, oh, shit, here we go.
0: Yeah, I mean, they took an already daunting task, which really, for any president, picking the VP, oh, that, yeah, that's, that could make a break mate. you. Oh, yeah. But I will say, as far as my, my feelings on Kamala, um I had said to some friends when I watched the first debate when they all took the stage, or yeah. you know, they had their debate split in two, but yeah. when she was featured with the other, you know, seven candidates at a time, she was easily the sharpest knife in the drawer on yeah, the stage.
1: Very much so. And I, I handed, said to, handed Joe his ass at one oh, point,
0: yeah. you know. Beat him up. She is not somebody to be trifled with. I think she's very intelligent, she's very driven. Yeah. And I think, you know, perhaps that level of energy, you know, we can talk about this more later, but I think her level of energy will, in most, if not all cases, compensate for Joe's perceived lack of energy. Yeah. She is going to be the, the prototypical axe man of the party. She's going to go after people.
1: Well, that's, that's the tri- traditional role of the sure, VP. That's what you want, right? Is, yeah, is the, uh, yeah, the axe man or yeah. axe woman in this case. And uh, yeah, she definitely, definitely fired up. As a matter of fact, that was one of the things in all the speculation that was going on prior to Joe making the announcement, one of the things that all these so-called experts and pundits and you know, every asshole with an opinion, basically, were, were using, saying that was one of her potentially uh, derogatory characteristics right. is she's ambitious,
0: she's mm-hmm. sharp, and, uh, and you know a little on a frightening side to some people, I guess. Sure. And I think maybe some years ago, The general public would have picked up on that and reacted adversely to it, as they did. Just bring it up because it happened. Um, Hillary's introduction to the world as First Lady, when she was like, well, we're doing all these decisions together. And we weren't ready for that. And that's uh, a feeling she's never been able to shake.
1: Oh, no. She started generating uh, the ill feeling that people still have for her today. Back then. Right. And it, but it, nowadays... It snow, snowballed, completely yeah, snowballed.
0: nowadays when somebody fresh and new coming in with it, in a role where she's obviously out for herself, she is center stage, mm-hmm. people applaud that. Nobody likes a shrinking violet.
1: Well, a lot of times the first person through the door gets the shit kicked out of them too. Yes. And yeah, prior, prior to Hillary, no, no first lady did that. Nobody came on as aggressively, I guess, right. as she... As she as mm-hmm. formidably in fact, she did.
0: you know the, the urban legend is that oftentimes when Geraldine Ferraro was on the ticket with Walter Mondale back in '84, yeah, it used to hurt them in particular her because she was a fast walker. He wasn't. He was very deliberate. Yeah, and they would always have to literally Secret Service pull her back when they were out together because she would always start walking in front, in front of him. Of him yeah. And that was horrible optics uh-huh. back then. You oh, know? Yeah. The woman taking the lead from the man. What oh, is this now?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, you know, in all honesty, I don't think it would be all that well-received now, but just for very, <laughs> very different reasons.
0: Yeah. Um, well the Republicans wouldn't put up with that. The Democrats would applaud it. <laughs> Kick his ass. He's my running mate. We don't care. Kick his ass.
1: That is that is entirely possible. <laughs> that is entirely I possible. I mean, today's
0: environment, I wouldn't be surprised if when Joe takes the stage, they boo him and then they cheer when she gets up there. I wouldn't be surprised. The mob is fickle. They, well, she's, uh, she's, she's, have, uh, she's
1: the potential rock star
0: on the ticket. Yeah. She really is. And as I had said to you in private, you know, what what concerns me is not a potential Joe and Kamala win. What concerns me is a Joe and Kamala win where Joe doesn't make it through, say, the first two years. Now who becomes her vice president? That's some murky, scary water for conservative people like me. Sure. You know, I really don't doubt in my heart of hearts that she is, you know, capable of doing the job. Mm -hmm. We're waiting to see what, you know, both of their official quote-unquote policies are, are going to be, what the platform is. Yeah. But they've got the making to be effective. So,
1: Well, it's, it's very much a yin and yang situation. Mm-hmm. He
0: rightfully... Look at you putting it in racist terms. <laughs> every time, folks. Oops, I, I guess I got to apologize. Just call it a black and white cookie if you have to. I, I, I got to apologize for some goddamn thing
1: now. <laughs> My goodness. Well, you know, every time you open your mouth these days, you got to apologize. I'm going to start apologizing first and then... Say it, you know. I'm sorry for what I'm about to say because I know it's going right. to offend the shit out of well, somebody. Well, this,
0: this week with everything the sportscaster said. Oh, man. On, <laughs> wow. That should be a topic in and of itself. Talk
1: about a live mic nightmare. Ooh. Oh, oh. But it's okay. He's a man of faith.
0: Right. He's a man of faith. Right. Ask anybody. He's a good dude. Yeah.
1: So, you know, <laughs> he can use terms like fag because it's, it's a completely different thing <laughs> coming from a man of faith. Man of faith,
0: yes. exactly. Yes. And he did mean to say bundle of sticks, but <laughs> fag slipped out. He's a heavy smoker. No one's buying it. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, so back to the matter at hand, the uh, the super ticket, yeah. the super ticket, if yeah. you will. Now that we've got them, I mean, it's safe to kind of wander down the what-if path. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask you, because you follow your party stars more than I do. Yeah. Who is your early-on favorite? Should they win? Who would be Secretary of State?
1: Hmm. That's a, that's uh I really I gotta qualify anything I say now by saying I really just started paying attention to politics again. That's fine. I mean there was a there was a time where I was a political junkie, mm-hmm. and uh, you know courtesy of my immersion in that I ended up a literal junkie. So I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of backed off from it since then. Always honest. Um, (laughs) In all honesty, I I really don't know the players that well. Yeah, because people Um, seldom
0: forget that, yeah, I mean, the big two is the president and the vice president, but of almost equal strength, are both you know the Secretary of State and the Chief of Staff? Oh God, yeah. Because one dictates the real policy and what's going on, and, mm-hmm. and is so instrumental in, in cabinet selections and whatnot. Yeah. And And Secretary of State is you know the United States calling card, if you will, oh, overseas. Yeah. Oh, and if yeah. they're not strong and they can't handle one-on-one negotiations and and tactical situations, you're kind of screwed.
1: Well, I know this will freak you out completely, and you'll probably wake up screaming because I'm (laughs) about to say this, Uh, but Elizabeth Warren's going to pop up somewhere. You know she is.
0: A lot of them are. Yeah. Even, like, Amy uh, Klobaker, the way she dived on her sword at the very end, she was the last one to go, and then suddenly, all right, I'm done. God knows what they promised all of them.
1: Oh, I know. know. It's very odd that you see a Democratic Party that's moving as in lockstep as they currently yeah. are. That is more often than not the vein of the Republicans. The, yeah. the, the, the GOP puts the Democrats to, sh- to absolute shame as far as party unity is concerned. And to see things like, like that, mm. yeah, it's, very, it's a very odd Democratic Party we're witnessing right, right. now. And, and I think really there were
0: some is. of those, those candidates in those debates, although it, it's a small portion, who would probably be great in, in those roles. Entirely you know? possible. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of them, like, um, what's his name? Mr. Wang. Oh, yeah. yeah, Smart guy. Not, maybe not with the skill set to be president, but in, in very, terms of very tech sharp and guy. business, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I've actually read a lot of, lot of the things that Andrew's written since he got bounced out of the presidential race. Mm-hmm. And in all honesty, when he entered the race, I had no clue who this kid was. And uh, he just—he seemed like a sharp kid, but he wasn't as assertive as you—you'd want your presidential candidate to be. Right. And I guess maybe now that he's kind of stepped sideways from the side, from the spotlight rather, uh, he can he can espouse a little bit more. He can sure. talk a little bit yep. more. And yeah, he seems sharp as a tack. And yes. some interesting ideas. He's he's progressive, but not to the point of being nauseating.
0: Exactly. And then, and they had you know some of the moments that I did watch at their convention they were able to make fun of themselves a little bit. And yeah. it was a nice moment when all of them that were in the debates got together and were kind of just like throwing little anecdotes you know, back and forth. Yeah. it's. I mean, look, in this day and age, every little bit of civility we can get, especially mm-hmm. amongst former rivals, yeah. a little tip of the hat show of respect is, is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. I probably like that more than anything else, civility. with the exception it's, it's... of, I don't know if you saw the young man uh, who spoke briefly, like a high school age kid. Yeah. Are you talking about the kid that uh, the told a
1: story about Joe helped him right. defeat his stuttering? Yeah. Um, Why didn't you like
0: that? No, I did. Oh. That for me was like the the gem of gotcha. the whole thing. Gotcha. Um, that and like I said, the session where they just were normal people talking mm-hmm. about their experiences and the debates and whatnot. Yeah. You know, you always got to remember that these are are people. They're flawed, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you know, to get out of the the cult of personality and really start listening to what they're saying and what their plans are, that's how you get a decent president yeah not with the name calling and like i said to you i'm almost afraid to watch the, the trump biden debates because i think if people thought trump was nasty so far he's gonna let joe have it with everything he's got he kind of has
1: to if if the, has pol- to. if the polls are to be believed yep uh, but at the same time i'm not seeing the same kind of mojo out of donald this time around, as you saw in 2016. And like you and I were talking about pre-show, there's a huge, huge difference between running for the seat and owning it and defending it. Sure. And, you know, Trump's been, been put in a position where he's got to defend himself. This isn't his forte. You know, he, he really, he's an attack dog.
0: Well, I've had the, uh, the distinct pleasure of, in years past, being front and center as Donald eviscerated uh, two gentlemen that worked for him that were in very high positions of power. Yeah. And I was a a lowly nothing cog in the wheel that <laughs> was just in the wrong place b- at the wrong b- time. Fly on the wall. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I felt horrible for them as I watched him just verbally eviscerate these two. Yeah. Men with successful careers and their own aura and their own presence of yeah. success that yeah. would shame other men. He just destroyed them yeah. and there's many instances of this documented that when he lets fly the stuff people say they've seen or they try to talk about on tv well he's a nazi and he says they have no idea what this man is capable yeah. of yeah so well again i kind of hope we don't see that
1: well it's a completely different context yeah and i don't i don't i don't know who's coaching him i mean, Donald's, Donald's, shaking things up a little bit as far as the people that are working his campaign and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, In all honesty, I think Joe's got some pretty sharp people.
0: uh, Well, yeah, because the Democrats know that this is... It's not a total sink or swim election. It's not a watershed moment because for the longest time, everybody just assumed the Democrats were going to lose this time Mm -hmm. and the real election is going to be the one after.
1: History would seem to indicate that's exactly what was going to happen.
0: And I think you know, either way... Whoever wins this election, you got four more years of that, but it's leading, it's all leading towards something. Mm-hmm. And I say that because, let's just imagine, Trump wins, okay? So you got four more years of Trump and Pence. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes. You've still got riots in the street, mistrust of law, local governments and democratic-controlled cities that want to cut the funding to the police and make drastic changes on all different levels. Yeah, That's not going away. Yeah. And you well, can't me,
1: force it to work. No, not at all. Let me sidestep for for a minute because you and I were talking about this post show last week. You really think Trump's going to hang on to Pence
0: this week? Because I had said to you, you know, I haven't seen anything that says Trump Pence twenty twenty. Yeah. Just this week, I started seeing some monikers of Trump with Pence okay. underneath. Okay. All right. Because yeah, I mean, this far into it, without that pronounced running mate, no president has ever ridden in solo. Mm-hmm. It's never been just Bush or just Reagan. It yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. You know? yeah. And on a sidebar to that, I was almost thinking to myself, I think at least two of the potential choices for Joe Biden's vice yeah. were hyphenated names you'll never see a hyphenated name on a ticket because it doesn't work on a bumper sticker. Yeah, exactly. It's too confusing. Exactly. you think it's like three people running. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And so it's not note, that hard to confuse people. Not well, It's kind all. of interesting <laughs> that you brought that up because I was wondering, you know, it, it gave it some credence because it's, Trump's the anti-politician, so I wouldn't put any, any kind of move like that that a typical traditional politician wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was wondering if he was hanging back and seeing who Joe picked as his right. VP choice, and maybe he was going to respond in fashion, because you know, mm-hmm. as much as you think Trump's going to shit hammer Joe, I'm pretty sure Kamala's going to eviscerate
0: uh, Pence. Pence. Yeah, he's you he's know? not an attack dog. No, you know, he was the steadying influence, really, as as a as a. Uh An olive branch to the Republican Party to stabilize Trump. If Trump had picked another businessman or somebody like himself, another non-politician, right? The the GOP would have deserted in droves. So that's the purpose Mike Pence serves. Absolutely, absolutely. But because of things, you know, he's either said or hasn't said in the past. But at the very least, the way he doesn't stop himself from being perceived. They're going to have a field day on him mm-hmm. because he's an empty suit. And he's very easy to attack. Yeah. He's more milk toast than Dan Quayle was. Oh, wow. And that yeah. was an easy target. Yeah, okay? yeah that's
1: a toss-up. That's so, a yeah, toss up. if I was I, Trump, they're, they're in I the same would ballpark, have right? gotten
0: rid of Pence, yeah. and I would have went with Nikki Haley. Interesting. She's proven herself competent. Yep. She's one of the few people, man or woman, regardless, that he's held on to from day one. Yeah. That he's always shown favoritism would towards. Would have been an interesting counter move to what the Democrats were doing. Yep. I I, I got to say that would have been very interesting. But then, of course, he would have had the racial narrative. Why couldn't Trump pick a black woman? Why has mm-hmm. it got to be a white woman? Because he's a neo-Nazi. I, and that I, whole spiel would unroll again. I
1: don't think the GOP is beholden to that. I mean, you don't see the GOP doing the identity politics thing. You really don't.
0: Yeah, they never have. And, no. and they never will. No. no. It's just not them. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, going back to the original point, I was very, very concerned uh, when Joe announced that he was going to pick a female VP. And I got to say, you know, of all the people he could have chosen, Kamala Harris seems to be the the right one.
0: Yeah. And And I I think everybody straight on down the line, both sides, pundits on on both channels, let's say, Mm -hmm. they're all going to agree with that, you know? And... They didn't go into a lot of policy issues at the convention, but that's been done before. Yeah. It's just their strategy right now. They're keeping a lot of things close to the vest, which is probably the smart way to do it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't give your enemy any ammunition, they can't exactly. shoot you with Exactly. Know? Yeah. So we shall see.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to catch some flack from the people who, you know, throw flack, but, you know, <laughs> flack chick, throwers. Yeah. Fuckers. Uh, chick with balls. <laughs> yeah. Chick with balls. You know, and it it is kind of funny because a lot of people, because she did beat the shit out of Joe in the debates, a lot of people were kind of crossing her off the list saying he's not going to go there. Sure. And he totally went there.
0: And that was very Lincoln-esque of him. Yeah. Because honestly, did the same thing. All these guys that mocked him and shit. Once he won, he took the best and brightest, put him in his cabinet, and said, y'all work together now because Mm -hmm. we're on the same team. And it worked out wonderfully. Yeah. Maybe that's a, a portent of things to come. Hey, man,
1: keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's politics. That's, that's mafia. That's, yeah. that's wise. That's, just that's wise. Life 101. Yeah. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see now moving forward. So far, the strategy that, that Joe's used of don't say anything about anything, mm-hmm. I bet he carries that right into the
0: debate. They might. And then the simple message they're carrying, unity. Yeah, simple. It's timeless. Everybody gets behind that. And speaking of unity, yes, not only time for the middle gem. Is it really? It is already. Of course, this clock is off. <laughs> so we we picked uh, a super duper unifying song. We we reached back yes. into the days of old, we the sixties, yes, and we pulled out. Yeah. Canned heat. Ooh, Let's work together. You, you can't go wrong with a little canned heat. You can't. No. <laughs> you totally can't. <laughs> Definitely our most eclectic mix, and folks, you haven't even heard the last one. I'm telling most you. Most eclectic mix of gems ever. We're riding a very high wave lately. We're really, we're peaking.
1: Hey, we're all about unity here at Riffs and Of Riffs course. We're, we're uniters,
0: not dividers. Absolutely. And I'm the ultimate decider. And on that note, <laughs> let's play that tune for you. We'll be right back with some more things and stuff. Ah, yeah, like you know, can heat. There's lots of kinds of heat, but for my money, it's canned heat all there the way. There we go. There we go. Right. Good stuff. Single survey. They played that heat.
1: at Woodstock. Or they, they played Woodstock. Did they play that? I
0: don't oh, know. You know, I don't know, but that's one of those groups, or that song, really, you always identify with Woodstock, yep. Yep. and yep. they always use it in commercial when somebody's riding a motorcycle, and they're perceptively high and shit like that. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, it's, it's the whole tie-in. It's very, yeah. it's a, if yeah. a song could be typecast... That song will be typecast Very for stoned so. out bikers. Yeah, yeah. It's a, P- thing. A,
1: plea for, a plea for unity turns into, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It, it's a nice song. I mean, hell, I think it was even on the Forrest Gump soundtrack. So. Was it really? Yeah. So nice. nothing says unite, friendship, hold hands, then something Let's work together. On Forrest Gump. Let's do it. So hey,
1: before we go on, oh, yeah. I, I do want to do want to say one thing really quick. I think I need to apologize. Um, I referenced uh, oh. Kamala Harris as a chick with balls. And I want to make sure everybody knows, I didn't mean to offend actual chicks with balls. Right, okay.
0: Well, we you know, you're a man of faith.
1: Oh, yeah, is that? Yeah. yeah, yeah anybody who yeah.
0: knows you will vouch for you. You don't I, mean you know, by that. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, no, it seems to be... That being said, please leave the studio immediately. <laughs> exactly. Drop your key off on the way out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We're calling a taxi for you. Go away. Just yeah. go away.
0: My phone's blowing up. It's actually Fox Studios right now. I think they just fired you. Oh, no. Don't worry, I'll tell him you're a man of faith. I He'll appreciate a... that. That'll go
1: over well with the Fox crew. It usually does. I mean, what you
0: need is is a man of my caliber mm. and unquestioning morals to uh, stand up in your corner. That's what you need.
1: You are characteristically unapologetic. That's Correct. the thing I like about you, John. I
0: will be your Al Cowling, sir. Oh. I got you. Let's take a ride. <laughs> On that note.
1: <laughs> who else have we, uh, have we failed oh, to offend? There's only they? a few groups yeah, left. Okay, really. good,
0: good. <laughs> As I heard, some people were a little uh, rattled by the uh, last uh, episode of The Doctor's Incognito. Oh,
1: God. We've got to keep the doctor under control. Which might have control. been a,
0: a thinly veiled reference to the Holocaust, which mm-hmm. I had caught when I was talking to him. And I, I warned I you about that take, guy, John. I warned you. I, I warned went you. back and listened to it again. I didn't think that's what he meant. So. Oh, okay. It's just All us right. being sensitive.
1: You know, because that's, if, if nothing else, we here at Big Boom Radio are the epitome of sensitive.
0: Yeah, extremely. Yeah. Extremely, yeah. yeah. You know. Like flypaper. If you touch us, do you not stick to us? <laughs> Are like you that. not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> Anything for a cheap laugh. And on that note, yeah, yeah. let's slow it down a bit. Oh, my goodness. And graduate into segment number two. Wow, that's foreboding. And, mm-hmm. Oh, what does that say? Twilight Zone-esque music in the mm-hmm. background. Very appropriate. Can I be taking us into the future? Or the future that may be? Okay, that was exciting. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> Here's topic
0: yeah. number two. Now, as the listening audience may know, because I might have mentioned this in the past, I'm a, a wrestling fan, as in professional wrestling, from way back. And uh, the, you, are, you are the epitome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pr- All I need pr- is pr- a neck beard, yeah. and I would really be the <laughs> epitome of a wrestling fan. So that, now we've lost that segment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because the business itself fascinates me, you know. Yeah. I know it's fake and choreographed and all that good stuff, but, but it's it still is fascinating. It a is. lot of athleticism, yeah. you know. So, business for the you know the flagship promotion, obviously, the World Wrestling Federation, has been sorely lacking uh, because they don't, they're not able to play in front of live crowds. Yeah. Really, all of these promotions aren't, and the big three, which would be the WWE, the AEW, and say Impact Wrestling. They've made do with studio shows, but without the live oh, crowd no, getting fired if up. There's any sport, if
1: there's any sport that needs a
0: live crowd, it's right, pro- professional it's wrestling. Right, because it's basically live theater, and yeah. you need that feedback. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as of this week, the WWE unveiled a new concept they call Thunderdome, a cheap reference from the mm-hmm. Mad Max movie. But essentially, it's the evolution of the cardboard cutouts of people in the stands. Yep. They're now replaced with monitors giant banks of, of monitors probably easily in the hundreds maybe a thousand or so of these monitors wow at the amway center in orlando now they've taken up temporary residence there almost like a vegas show yeah. for i think it's four months ahead of time and then they're going to reassess after that yeah. but what this does now again you have to register online and then your face appears on one of these thousands of monitors around the ring.
1: Do you remember the end of the second, um, uh, what was the film with uh, Keanu Reeves? Matrix? Yeah, the second Matrix film, where he's, Z- he's confronting the father of the Matrix. Yes. The guy's telling him yes. how the future's going to go, and he's ringed by yep. all these television monitors. Very that's, similar, That's, that's yeah. the image that, uh, that you're creating
0: here. It's, it's very futuristic. It's very dystopian. And yeah. now it is, once again, very Orwellian. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you sign up. It's, as we speak, free because it's in the experimental phase. Right. So everybody can now tune in. They can see themselves on TV because right now everyone still sees the same camera feed, in this case, from Fox. Yeah. Okay. But you're a part of the action. You're seeing it there. They're going to keep adding elements to this. And if you think it through and follow the progression, I think the next logical step will be maybe split screens on your TV where you will see the people that are Technically, sitting next to you, put right. that in air quotes. Right. So you're really part of the crowd experience all the while, while in total isolation yep. in your mom's basement. Yep. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'd be willing to bet it'll also include that little screen in the upper right hand corner mm-hmm. where you can be watching yourself, of watching the event.
0: Yep. And the ability to take still shots of you watching the event mm-hmm. and these other people because everyone's got to be on camera these yeah, days. Of course. But just, you know, the paradigm shift. You know, the saying is, if the mountain won't come to Muhammad, then Muhammad will come to the mountain. Indeed. Well, in this case, it's kind of what happened from a technological standpoint. If you can't attend the event, not only will we bring the event to you, no, we're going to grab you by the lapels and pull you digitally yeah. into the event. So, again, you're, you're part of a crew, but yet isolated. And if you don't appear on the monitor or if you don't sign in, you get booted out. Wow. Somebody else comes in. So okay. there's going to be no quote-unquote empty seats in the house. Right, right. It gives the performers something to look at. They can arbitrarily pump in noise from people that they're making, so you have actual real crowd noise. Mm-hmm. My thing is, I think this has legs. The longer we're in this quarantine state, yep. and really, they're doing this at the Amway Center, where I believe the Orlando Magic plays, mm-hmm. but in terms of small to medium-sized arenas with the same basic setup, they could install this equipment anywhere, okay, and there could be like hockey or basketball seasons with no interruption. Right. Now, granted, there'll be no physical fans in the seats, mm-hmm. but you got the next best thing. You still got people cheering. They're giving the players thumbs up and they're clapping. The players can see this. Yeah, that's two major sports now that can come back. Let's say this time next year for a normal season. Normal, normal, the right. new normal, my the friend, new normal. the new normal. Yeah. Now, football, I mean, you can't imagine, like, a Michigan football team, a uh, football game, rather, at the big house. You're going to come up with 110,000 monitors. not going to happen. Yeah. However, maybe Cowboys Stadium, which is a technological achievement to begin with. Got a dome. You know Jerry Jones will start throwing up monitors all over the place oh, if he yeah. thinks there's money involved. Yeah. And like I said, right now it's free. That's not going to last too much longer because the down. next thing is going to be you choose what camera and perhaps what angle – you want to be sitting at. Right. So you want to watch at, at mid-court, Mr. Spike Lee? Well, here's your digital ticket for $500 that night. Right. Mr. Nicholson, you going to see the Lakers tonight? Same thing, $500. Put you
1: right on the end of the bench.
0: Right, yeah. and you know people will shell it out.
1: You know, first off, leave it to Vince McMahon and, oh, of course. and Professional Wrestling's uh, brain trust to come up with this. Yep. And, uh, and, and they and,
0: kept it a secret. I mean, nobody really heard about this Thunderdome thing until the week of it debuting. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Um, Has potential. uh, If you have a situation where no virus works. I mean, right now, big, big debatable thing is, you know, can we as human beings, uh, you know, like we do with flu shots and whatnot, actually come up with something that will give us some kind of resistance to the coronavirus. Right, right. And as I'm sure you're aware, the coronavirus has been mutating. It's becoming mm-hmm. something else. So, I mean, personally, I don't think the, the, the pandemic is going to be around long enough for this to fly now. Right. But at the same time, this is the first time we've had to deal with a pandemic in 100 years hitting our country. And this thing... Arguably, is is far more lethal than the flu virus that hit right. us back in 1918 or whatever. Who's to say this is not the first of many? Yeah, you know. And yeah. who's to say this isn't where things are going? Yep. And it's it's. Uh, speaking of where things are going, this is a, a continuation of the isolation mm-hmm. of society that we were already seeing prior to the coronavirus. Pay per view, just for you. Yeah,
0: you lonely bastard.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the whole isolation trip. Yep. You know, going forward, it's very dystopian, very, very dystopian. And it's,
0: it, it could lead to some embarrassing moments. I mean, who amongst us has, hasn't been walked in on by their mom when you're sitting there watching a, a sporting event on your laptop, pay-per-view, like, alone? It's very awkward. You're speaking <laughs> metaphorically, of course. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. <laughs> mom, uh, I never tossed off. Uh, uh, Weird science, uh, thank you. Oh, God.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> But uh, it's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting concept. It's an interesting idea. Yeah.
0: I think it's got legs, and I, I really just can't wait to see what direction it goes in now. Mm-hmm. You know? Because in a world where everything now has got to shift for the time being um, into a virtual sense, it's difficult. And you've got to find different ways to put your eyes at a certain spot at a certain time. Yep. You know, Zoom's great. And I think even better would be like FaceTime stuff because that's only your cell phone. You can carry a small device with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they need to find new and inventive ways for people to be someplace to see something without actually being there. Sure. And yeah, it's going to reinvent the word community. Mm-hmm. It really is.
1: It does have that potential. Is it, is it worth the trade-off though?
0: As a loner, I say, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> if I don't got to stand next to anybody or talk to anybody ever again... I'm so down with that. That is the ecology of Johnny wait, Teflon yeah, right there, just folks. stay away from me. That's my one rule. Yeah. I can't wait to see what happens New Year's Eve. Mm. New Year's Rockin' Eve. Right. Because they're not going to let everybody gather and, and Times Square for that. There's no this way. This is
1: true. This is true. Hadn't thought of that.
0: But there are those timid souls that will flip the finger at the system and say, like, no, it's my right to go watch that ball drop. Yeah. Probably Republicans are going to say it's draconian rules <laughs> and things like that. Yes, my people.
1: Well, more and more, those people are going to get killed off. By the coronavirus, ironically, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) If dancing with rattlesnakes as a form of prayer doesn't get them, Mm -hmm. the coronavirus will.
1: It would seem. It would seem. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Potential flash to the future here, folks. Yep. Um,
0: Remember, you almost heard it here first. really. What else do you listen to? Just about. Just about.
1: But yeah, an interesting, (laughs) an interesting idea. Um, You know, fills me with a sense of foreboding, I must Mm -hmm. say. Um, But again. You know, prior to the pandemic, wasn't society going in this direction to begin with?
0: They totally are. And that almost leads us to the final gem. Ah. Yeah, we're zipping through this episode. We are. We are. The final gem tonight was brought upon by, because we've been (laughs) doing good lately, tying it with themes and whatnot. Yep. Um, We searched far and wide for a a special gem. For a very long time. Yeah, a very long time, (laughs) folks. (laughs) Uh, Good thing I wasn't drinking. I would have been passed out by now. Uh, and one song, after all the others, kind of fit the bill pretty close. Uh, it was an old Billy Joel B-side I was fond of.
1: And you are the epitome of a Billy Joel fan. You truly are. Am I really? Yeah. Because I'm shut-in
0: with violent tendencies? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Never knew that about Billy Joel fans before. But, uh, but you have broadened my, broadened my understanding and perspective and,
0: and my appreciation
1: for Billy wow. Joel, I, I, d- I did a good thing. Yeah. Amazing. I wouldn't necessarily call it a good thing, but well. <laughs> run with it anyway. What the hell?
0: Well, the name of the song is Sleeping with the Television on off of the Glass Houses album. Uh, and I just thought it was apropos because me, myself, with all of my like, bazillion devices and computers here, um, lately, every night I'm falling asleep on my
1: iPad. Interesting.
0: With the TV on. Yeah. And I wake up like three hours later, like, holy crap, what day is it? You know? Yep. So it's appropriate. Now, if this would happen back in 1980, it's surely going to happen to people now because you're not just watching TV. TV is sometimes watching watching you. you. We'll be back with more things and stuff.
3: Even with the television on might be the same old line This isn't easy for me to say, Diane I know you don't need anybody's protection I really wish I was less of a thinking man And more a fool who's not afraid of rejection All night long, all night long I'll just be standing there, Cause I know I don't have the guts to come on And I'll be sleeping with the television on Saying, talk to me But well, my attitude to is for Don't waste me. your time Saying talk
2: to me
3: But I, well, I won't talk say a me. word Cause it Ooh. just might be somebody else's Same old line Television sleeping on, the television, sleeping with the television, sleeping with the television on. Oh, 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 oh sleeping with the television on.
1: Sleeping with the television on. Sleeping
0: with the television on. You know,
1: that song somehow now has a whole new meaning.
0: And will never to forget To me, it, right? courtesy of our discussion. <laughs>
1: prior and that to. was,
0: you know, what people would say, arguably his last great album. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, after was... that, it went to 80s Billy Joel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which that will was... live on in infamy based on the movie Step Brothers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody out there is like, was this early Billy Joel? Or oh, yeah. Old and Billy the, the,
1: the Christy Brinkley video, right. too. Yeah. Uptown Girl, I think it was. But no, that was that was at his height of, of Yeah, fame and after and that, power. it was just
0: such an homage to doo-wop music and, and everything he did. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, Downeaster Alexa, another good tune. Yeah. And really belonged on his, his older stuff. Um, but, you know, We Didn't Start the Fire, River of Dreams, Uptown Girl. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's just very, like, poppy and an ode to the doo-wop music that he grew up with. Yeah. Meanwhile, the guy's. He's a serious composer. We, we get that, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it's one of the most daunting things for a recording artist to hit a peak like he hit with right. house, Glass Houses. It's like, okay, now what? Where exactly. do I go? And that's, that's fucked up many a good band yep. and many a good performer. But, uh, but Billy's still around today, man. He's still, still kicking still, still, still playing summer gigs at Fenway Park. So, yep. you know, he's Once still he's got the uh, juice.
0: able to come back to it, he's still got a residency at Madison Square Garden. He yep. still sells out. Every show, yeah. and then right behind him, is Sir Elton, just trying to be Billy, <laughs> just trying to be Billy. We appreciate you too, Elton. All so, right, on
1: that happy note, yes. What, sir. Uh, what's coming up in Big Boom Radio this week, John?
0: Oh, just trudging ahead like an icebreaker in our Antarctica. You I gotta mean, do it. You gotta uh, do it. We're still moving forward on the animated episodes. I like it. I uh, went back to my good friends at Adobe. And they hooked me again with another membership. (laughs) And they have some new software called, oddly enough, Animate. All right. And um, I just have to learn it. Mm. You know? So every time I go back to the Adobe suite of products, uh, they get harder and harder, except for Photoshop, because that's the only one I've never left. Okay. And that just comes naturally to me. But, like, if I had to do something in Illustrator, I would be lost. Yeah. They're just... Yeah, the uh, publishing program now, it's no longer Quark Express. It's called InDesign. That's just as difficult as Quark used to be. Yeah. So I'm not going to be naive and say this animation is going to be easy. Okay. But the payoff would be so worth it. Mm. So really what I need to do first <laughs> is come up with the basic images yep. that I'm going to have to draw of obviously us two and all the main characters because anytime they appear yeah. they're going to have an animated segment John
1: late at night when I'm alone with my intoxicants <laughs> and the walls are closing <laughs> in you know and I'm, I'm thinking of doing a Kurt Cobain the thing that keeps me hanging on is <laughs> I'm living to see the animated <laughs> caricatures of Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee I just hope
0: to God I do it on on, on an on day yeah um Because I used to doodle a lot in the past. What else was an art student doing in his classes? Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff was just great, you know, but it was never consistent, so I couldn't do it for a living. Right. Maybe this is my second coming. We'll see. Interesting. Interesting. We will. But everything's meant to be. We'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. Again, I've seen the tripe that's out there, (laughs) and the bar is set (laughs) awfully low. (laughs) And, you know, the, the stark reality is, and you'd mentioned, like the, the guys from uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker from South Park. Yeah. You know, when they started out, they sent an audition tape to George Clooney, and it was literally stop motion animation with pieces of cardboard paper. There okay? we go. Yeah. But the content was good enough and irreverent and funny that mm-hmm. he immediately green lighted it. And help them produce their show. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, it's
1: all about the content. It so really we're aims. already
0: ahead of that. We have content. <laughs> and just, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a funny thing an anecdote from my uh, college days. Uh-huh. I had to take a class on animation, and we covered the old style painting the cells and shooting them one after another. Right. Um, and of course, we did a bit with claymation. Oh. And in this particular class, maybe because it was like dead center in the middle of the day, had all kinds of folks in it. You had soccer moms. You had grandmothers. You had the the younger freshmen were in it, and they had people like me, like middle of the road, just trying to graduate. Men and women, boys and girls, all walks of life, everybody that put their hands on that clay and recorded something did a violent piece. I shit you (laughs) not. If it was the old ladies, it was like Venus flytraps eating other flowers. There's something about putting clay in people's hands and saying you're going to do a little animated thing that they just switch off and turn into psychopaths. That is crazy. I had one with a dinosaur, very generic, dinosaur walking down the road eating soldiers, and he's like, <laughs> you got Joey, man, and they're shooting him and everything. Right. And But some of them got so artistic. It was like robots shooting each other with like blood popping out the chest. Every one of them was violent. Something wow. eating something, something getting smashed. So telling. So telling about us. Even <laughs> back then, this is like mid-90s, so it's fun mm-hmm. when, you, when you start this shit. You most definitely, definitely go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, my first cartoon had to be superheroes. Of course. And I had a stack, like, six inches high of clear plastic frames, each one with a painted scene. Yeah. Lasted not even 15 seconds on screen. That's how fast this stuff goes. So my point is all of these cartoons like American Dad, Family Guy, and even Simpsons that we know and love, Mm -hmm. there's teams of hundreds of people and animators working on this. So realistically, even with the aid of software, this is a daunting task, but like everything else in life, especially when it comes to creative stuff, I will thumb my nose at the world. Got to do it. And yeah, somehow make it happen and get applauded by the unwashed masses. That's my <laughs> only goal in life. And in your case, if I can keep you from Corban and yourself, more power to I appreciate me. Appreciate the effort. I, I got too much time invested in you to let you just squirrel away now. Uh,
1: you know. Like I said, living for the day. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll
0: get there. We'll get there. All my right. Friend. All right. That we got some new uh, Classic Rock Showcases coming up. Working on one for Little Feet. Nice. And the band, because you Here put that go. idea in my yep. head. Yep. Yep. And uh, we're trying to work out the kinks uh, for Live at 5 on Saturday. Having a lot trouble with that one. Having a lot of trouble with that. The shows are done, and they're they're in the kitty. Got 10 episodes. And for whatever reason, the station, which I'm just thrilled with the people that host this mm-hmm. stuff.
1: little sarcasm for a little you, little sarcasm folks. there. Yep.
0: Yep. Maybe because it's a 30 minute show as opposed to an hour, it needs to be programmed differently or something, but it never plays the way it's supposed to. I get dead air every Saturday at 5. Ouch. And yeah, rule number one no dead air. No, no so kidding. it kind of irks yeah. me. Yeah. So we'll keep the folks, you know, updated with that. If I have to, we'll go hour long just you to know, make
1: it work. We might have to go there. What's a, a little to.
0: extra sleep lost, you know? Yeah, you know? So and that's Sleep about when it. you're dead, right? Yeah, sleep when you're dead is yeah, time enough for sleep in the grave, said that's Benjamin what Franklin. Said, indeed. On that note. All right. Thanks for joining (laughs) us, folks. As always, I'm Johnny Teflon. (laughs) And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we will see you all on the flip side.